Who's ready to hear the Word of God? There we go. My name's Avi Todd. I'm the pastor here at Haynes Creek. Uh, we've got a lot of first-timers here. This is something called Family Fun Day. Uh, we just had the bright idea that August is really busy. It's really stressful. Everybody's going back to school or you're done. Uh, the, the, the summer's over and this is actually, ironically, the time where people really start thinking they need to kick it back in gear and get into a habit and go to church again. And that's not to say that you don't go to church. Um, but our mission here at Haynes Creek is to reach Oxford. Um, we're a church planted for the express purpose of reaching people who would not go to church. Um, and proclaiming the gospel. Um, you just saw, hopefully with our announcements, uh, we serve our local schools. Um, we've got Carolyn here who leads up a, a basically a, a ministry where we uh, read to kids in our local schools. We feed our local teachers. Um, just this week we had a Manly Monday. We're starting up a women's ministry. Um, our goal, our chief goal in this church is to glorify Jesus by letting people come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, and so if you are a first-time member here, that's, that's what we do. That's what we feel like is our entire identity at Haynes Creek is the gospel. Um, and so every single Sunday, we do the exact same thing. We sing the gospel and we preach the gospel. Um, and that's what we'll be doing this morning. Um, you know, in, in the Old Testament, Israel's God frequently does something that no other God does, and that is He uses the enemies of His own people to judge His own people. When Israel disobeyed God, God punished them by sending pagan nations to humble them. And I'm sure a lot of people probably saw that and they said, why are y'all still worshiping that guy? And I'm sure a lot of people saw that and they go, gods are supposed to do good things for you, not harm you. Gods are supposed to protect you, not punish you. But what those people didn't understand is that God disciplined His people because He loved His people. God cared more about protecting His people from sin than He did about protecting them from swords. This morning we're going to read a passage about discipline. And what we need to remember is our Heavenly Father disciplines His children because He loves His children. And discipline hurts. But in the end, discipline is for our good because it wakes us up to the reality of sin. Discipline wakes us up to our need for Jesus. We don't always understand discipline, but God is our daddy, and daddy knows best. And so if you'll turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 through 11, I think we've got it up here if you don't have a Bible. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 through 11. If you'll stand for the reading of God's Word, this is a little tradition we have here at Haynes Creek. We don't stand because we think this book is magical. We don't think that this book in and of itself is authoritative. But we do believe at this church that every single word written in this book was inspired by God. Amen. And so we stand for our reverence for our Lord. And the Holy Spirit says, Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? 
My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you're left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Let's pray. Father, show us this morning what godly discipline looks like. Show us your will. Show us your love as a good, good father. And show us how to yield the fruit of righteousness in our lives. And all these things we ask in your precious son's name. Amen. Y'all can be seated. A couple weeks ago, we were having a little grill out at our house. And... Um, just grilling burgers, and I let Roman out with me. Ruby was in town, was inside. I have tw- we have twins, um, so I kind of got distracted with my burgers, and Roman was playing over here, and I started talking to Roman, and I noticed that he wasn't there, and I kind of had that moment of parental panic where I couldn't see my son. He's two years old, which is never good, and. Then I look over, and my son is eating charcoal. (laughs) He's not licking it. He's like munching on it like it's an apple. And he loves it because he's smiling. And I say, Roman! He goes... (laughs) And it was matchlight charcoal, too. How many parents have ever watched your kid like fall on their head or like eat something they shouldn't and then for like the next two hours you're watching them intently because you think that they have a traumatic brain injury? That was me for the next two hours. I was like, everything he did, I was like, oh, yep, he's, he's, some, he's, he's messed up now. Um, the other day Kelly was like, honey, Roman's mumbling. And I was like, oh, you know, he's two years old. You know, he's, he still feeds his pet dinosaur Cheerios. Um, and so I, when I saw him eating charcoal, I had a decision to make. I could either let him continue eating charcoal, and he would have eaten the charcoal, trust me. He was, I mean, chomping on the thing. Or I could grab him, sit him down, and explain to him that what he's eating will kill him. And I chose B, and I do the very same thing every time he tries to kill himself, which is frequently. And the reason I chose B is because I love my son. I love my son so much that I want what's best for him. I want him to live a full life with peace, joy, hope, happiness. You see, Roman thinks charcoal is pretty good. But it's not good. And when he gets older, he's going to look back, and I'm going to tell him what he was eating, and he's going to go, I can't believe I was chomping on charcoal. See, I know that he doesn't. 
And I discipline my son because I love my son. And our Heavenly Father does the exact same thing every time His children want to do something that's going to harm their souls with sin. This morning I want to draw out one truth. If you, don't, if you miss everything I say this morning, boil it down. Here's what I'm trying to say. If we're not disciplined by God in some way, then God is not our Father. If we are not disciplined by God, then God is not our Father. Discipline would not exist. Discipline would not be necessary at all if we weren't sinful. But we are sinful. We are selfish. We are lazy. We are egotistical. We are fleshly. We are misguided. So discipline is important. You don't suddenly grow up one day and stop needing discipline. Certainly my adults can understand that. Verses 3-4. through four. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. In other words, you should hate sin so much that you would rather suffer to be rid of it. God sent His only Son to die on a bloody cross so that He could deal with sin. That's how much God hates sin. And that's how much God is calling you to hate your sin. The author of Hebrews is saying that every time you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, you should see love, you should see faithfulness, you should see grace, but you should also see how much God detests sin. It's deplorable to God. It's heinous. It's offensive. Proverbs 8.13, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. We should hate sin with a holy hatred. I'm telling y'all, as Christians, you don't get to hate anything in this life except for sin. Verses 5 and 6. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. So just like me disciplining Roman because I love him, my heavenly Father disciplines me because he loves me. I recently asked one of our elders here in Haynes Creek to come to me anytime he sees any pride in me. I asked him to come to me anytime he sees any kind of ego or any kind of selfishness I want him to come to me because I trust him. I want him to come to me anytime he wants to level with me and see, Avi, you kind of you kind of thinking much of yourself. Now, does my flesh want to do that? No. I'm Avi Todd, y'all. I think I introduced myself. Avi Todd in his flesh. I'll tell you what Avi Todd wants. Avi Todd wants a bunch of yes people. I love people telling me how good I am. I love people telling me how. Good a preacher I am. See, no one's going to tell me how good my sermon was after this. <laughs> I love people who are going to hype me up. Make me feel good. My flesh doesn't want people coming up to me and showing me where I fall short. It doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. But friends, my love of praise is not as strong as my love of Jesus and my hatred for sin. I love God's holiness more than I love my sin. Do you have someone in your life who God uses to discipline you? 
We could sit here this morning and amen all you want, but does God take away your toy sometimes? How would He do that? How does God tell you no? When my son hits his sister with a toy, guess what, I, guess what Daddy does? Takes away the toy. See, we just grow up and we get different toys. Because I'm going to tell y'all, it takes faith to be disciplined. It takes love and trust in our Heavenly Father to receive discipline. It takes no faith at all to try to discipline yourself. My wife, a few months ago, I came home and I do what a lot of married couples do. I came home and I started venting to my wife. How many people ever done? I'm just kidding. I'm that <laughs> and, you know, I got home. I was a little tired. I was frustrated. I was talking to Kelly about some stuff. And she goes, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it kind of sounds like gossip. And you know what I did? I went, oh, my first reaction was, I'd like to sit here as a pastor and tell you, my first reaction was, you know, honey, you're right. I think it was. I'm sorry. My first reaction was, oh, it wasn't. It might have sounded like it. And I went, I don't think so. She goes, yeah, it kind of is. My flesh didn't want to hear that. She's supposed to be my wife. She's supposed to be my number one fan. She's supposed to be in my corner. Why is she calling me out? I'm tired. I got home from work. Be my friend. She doesn't love me. But yeah, guess what? She does love me. She loves me so much that she doesn't want to see me fall into sin where I think I'm safest. Spouses, wives, husbands, do you love your spouse so much that you would rather protect them from sin than to protect them from anything else? And I can receive my wife's correction. Why? Because I know she what? She loves me. My son can receive my discipline because he knows daddy loves him. I can receive my elder's correction because I know he loves me. Don't you hate being corrected by somebody you know don't give a dang? It hurts. But from someone who you love and you know they love you, you can take it. Because you know it's for your good. The discipline of the Lord hurts, but it's for our good because He loves us and Daddy knows best. Verses 7-8. through eight. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. If we are not disciplined by God, God is not our daddy. I don't discipline other people's kids. I hope you don't either. God doesn't either. One of the truest marks of a child of God is someone who receives Godly correction. Proverbs 12.1 Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Oh. Think about that one the next time somebody tries to correct you. <laughs> if you can receive discipline and correction, you have demonstrated godliness, church. If you can't, Scripture says you're stupid and you might need to take a paternity test. Because God might not be your father. 
This should drastically change the way we view Christianity in this country. In America, we think that Christianity is about God always making people happy, always blessing them, and everything always being good. The Scripture says that sometimes the surest sign of God's love is Him taking away your toy and you saying, yes, sir. If you want to find someone with true faith in this world, don't go looking for someone with all material earthly blessings. Find someone who's just faced adversity or been caught in sin or been called out or been admonished severely and they're still praising Jesus because He was able to show them their sin and now they trust and love Him and treasure Him even more now. As children of God, we should desire to be disciplined by our heavenly You know, the way you view God will affect the way you parent your child. The way you view God will affect the way you parent your child. Our world is increasingly buying into the idea that we don't need to really lead our children anymore. We need to get out of their own way and let them make the decisions. We need to stop being the parent and kind of let follow them. Last month, the World Health Organization was revising its psychiatric uh, disorders. And they added a couple. One of them was internet gaming disorder. That's a disorder now. <laughs> they added sexual addiction as one of them. The world is trying all it can to eliminate the idea of moral responsibility and sin. And it's reflected in the way that we parent. We want to brag on our kids. We want to hang their trophies on our mantle. We want to brag about their accomplishments, but we don't want to protect them from the one thing that God says can kill them, and it's sin. We would rather take our kids to ball practice and hang up their pictures, but can we have a conversation with our son about pornography? Can we have a conversation with our little girl about how you dress speaks volumes about who you are? Scripture says that our Heavenly Father disciplines us because He wants us to be protected from sin. And earthly parents, y'all are called to do the exact same thing. My son Roman doesn't need a buddy. He doesn't need a, another friend. He's got Ruby. He's a twin. He needs a daddy. He needs a strong loving hand. In fact... Being a dad involves more than just simply teaching him right from wrong. Being a parent involves teaching them the category of sin and telling them why it's bad. There is no possible way I could teach my son about sin without teaching him who God is. I would like to encourage all of you to eliminate one phrase from your vocabulary. And I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I use it sometimes and I need to stop. Because I said so. You know, that says volumes to your child about the way you view wrong. It's, it, what, when you say, because I said so, what you're telling your child is, the buck stops with me. And the buck doesn't stop with you. Sin is sin because God is holy, not you. 
We should correct our children, not saying because I said so. God has given us plenty of reasons why discipline is good and sin is evil. Why? Because I love you. Why? Because that's bad for you. It's going to harm your soul. Why? Because you are to be holy like your heavenly Father is holy. Why? Because Jesus went to the cross to clean you from that mess. Our children deserve an explanation for sin because we received one when Jesus hung on the cross at Calvary. The cross of Calvary and the death of the Son of God says everything you need to know about why sin is the most heinous thing in the universe. In your struggle, the author of Hebrews says, against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. When Jesus breathed His last and said, it is finished, what He was saying was, Daddy, I made them clean. If we are not disciplined by God, then God is not our Father. Have you ever been out in public somewhere and there's like a kid running around screaming and yelling and throwing things and all the parents are kind of getting together like, whose kid is that? <laughs> and then inevitably, like, something's I heard mom's like, hey, well, I'm going to tell you, wait, that was my son? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, if you were my son, he wouldn't even be here. And all the while, the kid's just going nuts and all the parents are like, Okay, I'm about to step in. No, no, you're not, honey. Yes, I am. What that kid, I've always wondered, you know, whose kid is that? And sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, when I was younger, I was like, man, I, I tell you, if that was my kid, now sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, that is my kid. <laughs> Chances are that child has no parent. Or that parent has found something that's more valuable to them than their child's soul. Or they're in the bathroom. <laughs> but we have the promise that God loves us so much that He doesn't want to see us fall into sin. Now, I don't also don't be that kid like be that parent like whips your kid in public. I was like, we've seen that one too. You're like, but children who are not disciplined are not loved by their parents. I don't think that's overstepping it. Thank God. Listen to me, y'all. Thank God. Parents, please listen. You have the privilege of molding little souls. They listen to you. They're influenced by you. They look up to you. They obey you. Not always, but most of the time they do. And you get to show them who the living God is. Don't take that privilege lightly. I don't do, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. I don't discipline other people's kids. And neither does God. There are people, even people in church, in this world, who are living life so good today. Things are going well for them. They're blessed immeasurably. They think things are going great. They think they're blessed by God. They think that God is actually blessing them, but they're really children of the devil and God has withdrawn Himself from them and He says, I'm going to let them go because if they were my child, I would discipline them. Verses 9 and 10. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. 
but He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. You know, the one phrase I love in verse 10 is, for a short time. They disciplined us for a short time. Discipline is supposed to be brief. If it ain't brief, it's abuse. And the reason that discipline is brief is because it's not the end. It's a means to an end. The only reason I discipline my child is because I want what's best for them and I want my son or my daughter to grow up into a daughter or son of the kingdom. That's why also I I never discipline my child without telling them why I'm disciplining my child. I honestly think that God sees discipline. What, What God sees as discipline sometimes in this world, we could see as sometimes maybe someone receiving retribution. And I'm going to give an example. I think one thing that repulses people on, in, in the church is, a, is a, a hypocritical pastor who gets caught in adultery. Have y'all, y'all ever heard of like a pastor who was like, you know, caught having an affair, he got kicked out? It's shameful, it's publicly embarrassing, he's, he's ridiculed, he's mocked, he's fired. His sin is exposed out into the light. And while the rest of the world scoffs and says, God, I can't believe I listened to the sermon that guy. What a hypocrite. I think occasionally what God is doing is He's looking down and He's looking upon His Son and He's looking at Him and He's going, Do you know why I did that? We don't behave like that. I'm going to take away your toy. Exposed hypocrites are sometimes receiving the most mercy they could ever receive by our God. And they're being reproved by our Heavenly Father. To the world, God's discipline looks like retribution, but let me tell you all, church, sometimes God's discipline can be the best thing they need. And it can be the most merciful thing they've ever received. Scripture says He disciplines us for our good that we may share His holiness. I can call, I can recall the last time God did that for me. Can you? Just try to think to yourself, when's the last time God disciplined you for your sin? Did you get pulled from a job that you loved? Did you get denied a raise that you wanted? Did God ex- expose a sin in your life and you kind of got embarrassed? And it hurt. Godly discipline is for your good. Last verse, verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. When I'm telling y'all, when I pulled that charcoal out of Rome's mouth, he he just cried. He was swinging his arms, flailing. I mean, he just, he wanted that charcoal. He thought it tasted great. I mean, have y'all ever done that? Hold on, hold on. What, what are you eating there? Hold on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You just pry it out. The old nasty chunk. I mean, he cried there for a couple minutes because he didn't like that I took away what he loved. And that's exactly what's happened when we kick and scream and we get bitter because God took away the things that weren't good for us. It seems painful in the moment, but it yields righteousness. God loves you too much to lose you to sin. And so I wanted to close. Christianity isn't about your Heavenly Father giving you whatever you want when you want it. 
Christianity is about trusting that Daddy knows best. Even when it hurts. If we live our lives without being disciplined, God is not our Father. And friends, it is better to be a disciplined child of God than an untamed orphan. God loves His children so much that He sent His only Son to die a gruesome death on the cross so that you could be clean from sin. Now, if He sent His only Son to be crucified, do you not think that He would send His earthly children through pain for their own good? This morning I want to invite you, if you can't remember the last time you were disciplined as a child of God, if, if the concept of God disciplining you when you don't when you don't obey, if that's a new concept, I invite you to come, repent of your sins, believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and become a child of God. Because if you do that, you have the guarantee that your heavenly Father will work all things for your good, even righteous discipline. Let's pray, Father. We put no confidence in the flesh. Jesus went to the cross and paid the consequence for sin, paid our penalty, stood in our place as our substitute so that evil could be vanquished and we could see how much you hate sin. Father, as your children, we want to walk in the light. Discipline us accordingly so that we may receive the crown of life. And all these things we ask in your precious Son's name. Amen.